Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Brazilian Point of View. My name is Ana and today we have twin special. This is part one. We're going to have part two next week. But I had Shannon and Kristen Vogel here in the podcast to talk about traveling the world. They travel all around the world and they came here in the podcast to talk all about it give all tips and talk about experiences and honestly it was such a fun episode to record and we get two for the price of two in this case but I decided to divide this episode in a way that made sense so this episode is a little bit longer than part two that will be uploaded next week but they're both so, so, so good. And I'm so excited. It was actually their idea to divide the episode in two parts. And it was a genius idea. So obviously I had to apply to the podcast. And also this is something that I've never done. I mentioned plenty of times before, but this is me doing new things for the podcast that I really hope that you enjoyed. And I've been wanting to do a traveling episode for so long. And it's even better that we have two parts because there are so many things to talk about. And honestly, I just hope that you really enjoy it. But before we get to that, please make sure to follow, subscribe, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And follow the podcast on Instagram at the Brazilian POV Podcast. Now, without further ado, let's get to the episode. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you guys. Yeah, so nice to finally be here. I know. Thank you so much for having us. We're so excited to talk to you. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I had like two guests in one episode, but this yeah. is like so fun. It's like so much more dynamic and it's just so fun. I know. And I feel bad because I mean, like granted, like you've got two people, but you have twins. <laughs> so it's like you got to. <laughs> So for your listeners, you're going to have to distinguish who's who. So yeah, this, yeah, go ahead. Well, I feel like this voice, yeah. good luck, it's Shannon. And this voice is Kristen. <laughs> and we're known as the Vogel Twins. <laughs> <laughs> we have our own travel podcast as well. And yes. it's also called the Vogel Twins. Twins. Making it simple. For Making people. it really, really simple, honestly. But I'm so excited to chit chat with you today. Yeah. <laughs> No, definitely. Like, I'm so excited. Like, I told you guys that I've been wanting to record an episode about traveling around the world for nearly yeah. a year. So <laughs> this is like comes in great time. And uh, yeah, I'm like totally excited about it. I know. I know. We have so many places we're going to talk about today. I like, know. I remember we were talking to you a little bit off the mic. We we're like already brainstorming. We we're like, I can't wait to share this story and this story and yeah. this place. Like, I'm just so excited. I mean, like, just to give you a little bit of background of like yeah. both of us, to be totally honest. So as I mentioned earlier, this voice is Shannon. And this is Kristen. And this is Kristen. And pretty much we've been traveling since, oh my God, I feel like our whole lives, honestly. Yeah. Like we've been to over... 22 countries at this point I yeah think, which yeah. is like to some people might not be a lot but for us it's been a feat for sure like yeah I will say like we actually were from New York that's yep. where we're originally born from. and raised born and raised in New York and we pretty much like travel on our free time and we yeah. love sharing all the travel tips and tricks since personally we know a lot of people like ourselves like sometimes you can't you know just 
pick up and eat, pray, and love. You know, yeah. <laughs> so we like to have our podcasts or just even have conversations to like let people know that you don't need to, you know, travel across like the pond or the mountains to have an excursion. You can be right in your backyard, which yes. I love discussing and talking about. And that's what I can't wait to talk about with you today, to be totally honest. Yeah. So, uh, how did you get the idea? of traveling around the world because I know that you mentioned to me like Mm -hmm. when we were brainstorming backpacking Mm -hmm. um South Asia yeah yes yeah how how was the idea behind it um yeah no actually I have to give um a lot of our traveling sort of spirit to our parents like when we were kids they would literally always just take us around everywhere like they would always just like make your backyard into like the most magical space in the world and it always kind of gave us that sort of travel mindset when we were like just living around and I'd even say too that like a a big credit and I want to give a shout out to Val like my mom and Valerie they're like her best 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 friend it was her adventure buddy it was her adventure buddy my adventure buddy Val was my mom's adventure buddy yeah and they would all like bring the kids which was including us and we would just like you know go off and we call them the Long Island Adventures, which is a place in New York that where, that we, where, we're, where, from. where we're from. And she would always just kind of like, you know, be like, you know, explore this, do that, be curious about life. And I feel like that was always constantly something that was taught to us, like as children. Like I love saying this phrase where it's like, be a tourist in your own city. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like there's a lot of negative connotation being like, I don't want to be a tourist. I want to be a local. And I was like, do you realize that being a tourist, you see the world with such magical eyes for the first time. Like mm-hmm. I've never looked at a tourist and like not envied them. Like I feel like being a New Yorker going to Manhattan and seeing people go through Times Square for the first <laughs> time is to me entertaining because I look at it with disdain because <laughs> I'm so used to it. But it's just because I have a different, you know, relationship with it. Because as a New Yorker, like you see these things all the time and you take it for granted. That's yeah. the thing. When you're somewhere, you take it for granted. But when you're a tourist, when you're looking at something mm-hmm. with brand new eyes, there is a magic behind that. And I think mm-hmm. that's something that I love about travel. And that's kind of the travel mentality that I've always, we've both taken with us throughout every location I've ever been to in life. But I will say, I feel like the most redefining moment for the both of us since we have traveled before this moment, but I yeah. feel like this really redefined me as a human being was when the both of us, um, we backpacked Southeast Asia, yeah. to be totally honest. It was, I was kind of mentioning a little bit or kind of maybe alluding to it, but like, you know, you hear about like eat, pray, love. And I'm not saying we all need an eat, pray, love story in order to like have this revelation. crazy revelation, but this point in our lives like we this was like in the, our mid-20s or something yeah, would you yeah. say mm-hmm. this is like in our mid-20s we were like in the you know in the middle of our careers because we're I don't know if I mentioned this earlier but when we're not podcasting we're actually product designers but mm-hmm. at this point in our career we were like visual designers we're, yeah it was, we're still creative, creative. You know, we were creative and we were in this environment that was somewhat toxic to be totally honest like but mm-hmm. I was in this grind of New York you know like the New York work culture uh, you can agree to disagree if you're a New Yorker listening to this. I think it can be a little toxic. Some people just say, you they know, thrive they on thrive it. in it. That's just not my personality. Yeah. So I was kind of getting a little burnt out in our careers. And at this point, you know, I always looked at social media at this point, like Instagram was the big thing. I mean, Instagram still is, but I think TikTok's really taken over. But Instagram, <laughs> I would go on my train, my commute, 
when I would scroll through Instagram and I'd see these influencers, you know, influencing me (laughs) and they would be on these amazing excursions and hearing about these backpacking things. And I always would say, I wish I could do something like that. Like, oh, that would be so cool. Like it always felt like such a far away thing for whatever reason. And I don't know why I always put words in my mouth of if, should, could, would. I never actually said, I can, I I will. will, it's going to happen. And I had this revelation one day, like literally on the train with you. And I was just like, Kristen, what are we doing? Like, why can't we do this? Like, like who's stopping us, but us, like, that's the thing I realized, like, nobody's holding me back from this decision, but my own mentality on it. So when we both decided like, Hey, like, let's, why don't we just backpack for a few months? Like, let's just, you know, let's, which sounds crazy at the time let's quit our jobs <laughs> and let's do this. Like you only live once, like let's try it. And we saved enough. I do want to say this to the people who like do these kinds of things. I'm not being unrealistic where I'm like, you know, you're erasing all my responsibilities. Like we saved enough to make this happen too. Yeah. Like I just want like to knew budgeting wise. Yeah. yeah. Realistically, we Realistically, budgeted this being we like, talked about how it. long can we be there for, you know, when we get back, like, you know, I got to reapply those jobs. How long that's going to take? <laughs> Things yeah. like that. There was realistic, you know, actions for girls of this spontaneity that it of may sound decision. like. Yeah. yeah. I know it sounds glamorous, but there was some real fear behind the decision yes. too. I want to make that very clear. And so when we decided to like, you know, just go for it, I really couldn't believe it. And then mm-hmm. when we did it, we, when we actually backpacked Southeast Asia independently at this point, because at this point in our like traveling careers, I would travel with friends. I traveled in the safety of groups, like Mm -hmm. with friends, obviously. Sometimes they were like, not that they were always tour groups because I do like to do local stuff, but there was always a safety net behind my decisions. Like this decision was two American girls from New York who don't speak a lick of a language and have no idea, like don't know a soul going in. So this was probably the scariest, exciting and intimidating intimidating experience the both of us decided on and it was something that I realized while we were doing it how liberating Mm -hmm. but also reassuring that I am capable of this like you are capable of this too like any human being we can do this and you really realize your limitations on not even limitations like the limitations you put on yourself when you travel Mm -hmm. you're like why did I think this was so much scarier like why did I think I couldn't do this like Mm -hmm. and as we're doing it we kind of realized too because again at the time we've been traveling at this point there's always like two week increments like they were never like months on end you know so this was a whole new type of different travel for the both of us where it was slow living. Like yeah. I wasn't trying to run to the, um, you know, yeah. to the Eiffel tower. Like we're in now Southeast Asia on a motorbike, like just like enjoying yeah. the view. And I, think, in. and I think that's one of the biggest things that we learned, especially on that backpacking trip. Cause like Shannon said before, and we actually studied abroad in Italy. Yeah. So when we were there, it was like very like kind of, you know, they had these like fast paced moments. We were still students. We were still kind of doing things, but like all of our sort of traveling at this point was always these like, you know, tour groups or structured days. Like they were very like, I wanted to see everything. So it was like, my days were jam packed, but with Southeast Asia, because we had so much time, I really felt like we were relaxed. We could kind of be like, oh, we'll see you tomorrow because we had so much time. And it really made me realize what it was like to be a a local you know what I mean in that way of like the slow paced living the you know kind of like the beauty and with just sitting around just like watching people like I think of this one moment when we were in Vietnam and Hoi An and this is like this is like these are the stories that yeah that give me life more than seeing a monument not saying that seeing monuments aren't amazing because yeah I I do do that too I love I love love art I love culture I love history but these are the moments that make me feel like this is why I travel I was in this cafe and 
all of a sudden I see this um, artist next to me and she's painting the cafe that we're in. And me, me being the awkward social <laughs> person that I am, I love making a friend, but I always psych myself out before I'm talking to somebody like they don't want to talk to me. <laughs> I don't really know if they yeah. want to be disturbed, but I, I, you know, brought the courage. I was like, you know, I'm just going to say something. And I was like, I really like your painting. And then it like that one comment mm-hmm. led to two hour conversation about our lives, our philosophy, travel. She was from France, decided to pursue painting the thing that she was doing and was traveling all over Vietnam doing different art studios and like just talking to us about the classes that she was teaching and like just her her travels we were exchanging travel stories and inspiring one another's like you know journey endeavors endeavors. and it was fun because as I'm talking to this one person another person over here starts chit-chatting with us too and Mm -hmm. these human interactions would never happen if I didn't stop and take a moment and I know I say this happened in Vietnam but you can do this in your own backyard too and yeah and that's something that I always take every time we take a trip I mean Southeast Asia was such a special one for us but every trip this is something that I always remind myself when I get back home is bring that travel magic back with you like you don't you don't have to be like you know like take up the courage to compliment somebody Mm -hmm. take the courage to just like walk out of your house your apartment and just walk a different block with safety of course (laughs) make sure you're safe yeah but I'm just saying it's one of those things that these magical moments that are spontaneous spontaneous to us I realized during this trip it's like every day can be you can bring a little magic to your own daily life and Southeast Asia taught the both of us that Mm -hmm. I don't need to jam-pack my days to feel like I fully traveled or I saw everything or I did it right right. yeah like there's no right or wrong way like I was jam-packing my days and I loved it I'm not saying that it wasn't a great trip they were phenomenal trips but Southeast Asia taught the both of us that slowing down having conversations really soaking in your surroundings because of the time we had mm-hmm. felt like travel to me like it redefined what how I would like mm-hmm. to travel now. I feel like I'm like now more inclined to be like you know what if we can't get it all in a day like we'll come back like at just like this sort of like you know I'll do it I'll come back another time yeah you know? like this will be more inclined to do more things. Because when I was yeah, younger, yeah. I was urgent and I was poor. And I was like, I'm never coming back here again. Like, <laughs> you got to see everything. Like I was just so urgent. And then I realized, <laughs> why, why am I doing that to myself? Like that's one, stressful. And two, setting limitations on yourself. Like who says that you can't go back? Like, yeah. and who says you- And I think that people are just like me when I was younger, I always had this idea that like, you know, you have to be young to travel or like, this is when the years I have to do it in like, you know, this sort of increment. But as we traveled Southeast Asia, I met all walks of life Absolutely. and it made it me so excited to be like this, literally these 70, 70 year old, 70 year old women, men were literally climbing in Cambodia to these temples. And I'm sitting here like, if you can do it, I can, can freaking do it. do it. Like, and I was like mind blown to see literally all stages of life traveling when we were, I was, traveling okay, Southeast I just, Asia. can I tab on that story? Because yeah. I was sweating my ass off and I'm watching the seven-year-old do it like a champ. And I'm like, wow, like that really was inspiring to watch because I feel like, again, you're so right about people Mm. setting age limits or maybe I've done that to myself. I don't want to generalize everybody thinking these things, but that's how I've always felt anyway. And I feel like, again, like because of social media and like, obviously people do glamorize travel a lot. You see young people doing it. You don't Mm. really see people a, a certain demographic of an age doing these things mm-hmm. and so when you're actually in the trenches of travel and you realize like you're, it's not limited to your 20s but it can be redefined throughout the years too yeah, just because certain 20 yeah. year olds starting in hostels doesn't mean you mean you can't do that but 
I think with age, I've redefined my definition of what that is. Like I used to love going out. Now I'm like, give me a book, <laughs> give me a beat, <laughs> and I'll have a cocktail with the pool boy. <laughs> so, but I mean, you know, you know what I mean? I just yeah. think it, it changes throughout the years, but that's a beautiful thing. I think that's what's something important. It's just like, no matter what window or whatever time in life that you're deciding to travel, it might be today. It might be your first country today. And you're listening to this, like, wow, this is, I'm like, you know, 40 something. And I really, really, and I want to travel the world. Mm-hmm. It is never too late. Mm-hmm. It's you that's stopping yourself. And that's what I really learned about a yeah. lot of things in life. And that's why I'm so passionate about travel. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like it's not just about the places you see, but the people you meet, how, the people you meet, but also yeah. I was a human being because of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, my whole world has changed because I see the world or because I, you know, have conversations with people that are outside of my circle. And that's so important, I think, honestly. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, 100%. Like I was thinking, cause I've, I never met anyone with like this traveling style, I feel because everyone's like, okay, bucket list. And then they go country, 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 country. And then they go to the basics that everyone goes to the very touristy places. And then it's always like the same thing, but I think it's like so cool to immerse yourself in the culture and get to know locals. And like, what about that place that it's not like packed with tourists, but maybe that's super interesting. And yeah, I, I really love that. Yes, yeah. I know. And that's the thing too. I don't want to shame anybody on the tourist spots because I love the tourist spots too. Yeah, you know, like, like, no, 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 no. Tourist yeah. spots, like you, you right. have to go, but you can do a little bit more. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. I think it's one of those things like get those bucket list moments off the way. And that's because they something are, they're I there do. for a reason. Like, most of the time, depending, like, you know, there's usually historical meaning and things like that. And that's why I also would advise people doing the quote unquote touristy things. But I do think that I agree with you. Like there's, I think one of my best travel memories or just stories or when we would either talk to a local and be like, hey, like what's there to do around this area? Like what's something that you'd like? And then we got like, you know, put into something else. Like probably one of my favorites or something that I just, I enjoyed. I remember we were in Spain and there was this older woman and we ended up going, I love love her. And we were at this bar and like, you know, again, like no one spoke English there, which was First of all, you know, you're at a good place if there's only, they're not speaking English there. And this older woman, again, we could not communicate. We knew a little Spanish, but not enough to have like genuine conversation. And she was the cutest older woman and literally would like walk around the bar. She owned the bar, but she was like 80 years old, like the cutest freaking thing. Walked around the bar and like would hand little popcorn to people. And like, as we went off, she's like giving us kisses and like, you know, giving us little water bottles. Cause she's like, we were going out after like being like hydrate lady. Like she was being our mother. <laughs> she's being like, our little mom. But like, we ended up discovering that place because one of our friends like knew a local and he goes, come over here. Like you'll, you'll love it. Like, you know, she's the greatest woman. Everyone in this area loves her, but like we never would have found her but, or that or that. Bar. But I think the thing that's also something as a reminder too mm-hmm. is obviously a language barrier is intimidating for a lot of yeah. people, but with that language barrier in particular, I've got another story that kind of also we talk about as well is that like with her, for instance, it was a lot of body language in the sense, smiles, kisses, like, yeah, like, hugs, head like, nods. like it was just like, you could feel the warm energy, like just exuding from her that like, I didn't really feel intimidated by her. Like I knew she was a kind soul and like, her, like everyone around her, like she, she treated you like family the minute you walked in. Like there's one story I think of really dearly and fondly. And it's one of my favorites too, is when we went to Korea oh my God, yeah. and granted, I don't speak Korean. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, in Spain, we blend, you know, like yeah, yeah, we're we- from Spain and that's not the case 
like I just want to give people like you don't you you see us right now but people who don't see us my background is German and Irish dominantly and then we're a little Portuguese so I think that's what people are like are you from Spain and I'm like I wish I wish I was like I love (laughs) it I'm from New York (laughs) unfortunately I love New York but back to the Korea story so we're in Korea and I don't speak any Korean at this point in our travels this is like back in 2015 and like you know those apps that like you can like talk to and they translate things for you and it's like they're so bad they're so bad then now they're much better but then they were really bad and so we go to this really cute jewelry shop because Chris and I, one of our biggest things when we travel is our memento is actually rings. So when a place is special to us, we actually design a ring and then we like make it ourselves in the place of choice. It's a, it's a unique, that's a whole nother side story. <laughs> but we went to this jewelry cafe in Korea and we walked in and the panic in both of their eyes, the owners were like, they oh, knew. Crap, we don't speak English and these people want to like make rings. So we spoke to them through the phone and through the broken English and our broken Korean, because I did try, like, it's not like I don't attempt these things. We had three or four hours of the best time of my life. And we didn't speak any kind of English together. It was like playing charades for four hours, but in the most endearing, Mm -hmm. like fun way possible. Like they would write in their phones and then translate it like, I have a friend in, who lives in New York. And then we talked like, oh, we have a friend in like your town. And it was just so much fun to talk to people. And I think when it comes to people like exploring new areas in the world that maybe isn't English friendly, don't let that stop you either because there's going to be so many more friendlier people than not. Mm-hmm. That's what I've experienced anyway, which is super yeah. fun to be totally yeah. on it. I feel like it's intimidating. People feel it, very it, intimidated, especially yeah. when they learn that like, for example, in the Netherlands, people speak like great English. It's like their first language and everything. But like here in Brazil, not necessarily we'll find tons of people who speak English and it can come off as intimidating. But for example, you could easily do things like speaking a little bit of Spanish, you know, yeah. and like the hand gestures and like, yes, you said, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know what it is? I think enthusiasm comes a long way. I've learned that like, they don't expect you. I mean, granted, if you do speak fluently, that's, awesome. that's a huge bonus, but I've never met anyone who's ever expected fluency from me. Like if anything, they really appreciate the effort of like, you know, I, I, anytime I go anywhere, to be totally honest with you, I learn the basic phrases of hello, how are you? My name is, and thank some you, de- thank yeah. you, delicious, because I'm always eating. <laughs> Even if it's not, you say delicious, because that's the polite thing to do. That's a great word to tell people. Um, but like things like that, I teach myself as best as I can. Yeah. Even if like, let's say I stumble on a word, they are nine out of 10 times people are always are so appreciative that I'm even attempting it yeah. and even if I get it wrong it's a fun lesson actually yeah. they're always like you say it this way instead yeah. and then I'm appreciative I'm probably like, Thank you. actually really funny story yeah. that you that made me think about when we're in Japan oh my and god we could not like our, we were trying to say because we were done with the meal like we're, we're ready like like a receipt or something like that. like oh look we're ready to like you know leave or whatever but we forgot the word but we learned it but we forgot it so Shannon and I had our phones to our ears, like pretty much had like the Google Translate being like, okay, like this is how you say it, this is how you say it. And we kept repeating it to each other before the waiter came by. The family sitting next to us, which we did not realize that they were watching us the entire time, like do, trying to attempt to do this in their language. So when the waiter came over to us and we were like, I said it in Japanese back to him. He was like, great, whatever leaves. As we turn, the family oh starts God. clapping <laughs> and they're like, you did it. Like, and I was sitting here like, 
thank you. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah, and, I guess I, we didn't realize that they were like watching us attempt this for like 20 minutes. We yeah, really we really were right. like 20 minutes. Like I just kept repeating it and I was like, but granted, some of these apps are so robotic. I'm like, is this really how they say it? Yeah. I, I sound a little weird. Like, yeah. And then I'm obviously a little anxious. I'm like, I don't want to like come across as like, you know, fat or whatever, because I'm a little nervous. But like the family was so cute and so encouraging. But I think that like, again, it translates really well. Like people are just happy that you're trying, like yeah. no matter what it is. I think it's just the effort that you do put out there. And people can sense that when you're at a country, like in their own country. Yeah, I do think it's sorry. I'm thinking, as you're telling a story, <laughs> I'm getting the flashbacks too. I'm sorry if we're like taking too many of these stories, but <laughs> there's this one story. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> it is a podcast. <laughs> the stories, the better. I do remember actually this one time in Japan again, which honestly, like this, the, my favorite stories are the ones that are really not English friendly because it's where the real travel stories yeah, it's, are. It's hard to get around. It's yeah. really hard to get around. But Japan, what was so funny is Kristen and I, we, oh, again, yeah. we like to try to immerse ourselves as best as we can and appropriately. Like I don't ever want to be, you know, disrespectful, disrespectful of, of a culture. Like I'm not trying to cross any boundaries either. Um, but one thing that I really wanted to do uh, was do an onsen, which is uh, like a sento, like a sento, I should say, which is pretty much like a public bathhouse. And it's a cultural experience in Japan. Not a lot of foreigners do it, <laughs> but I wanted to do it. So we were in this hostel. They recommended one like around the corner. And they even questioned us too. Yeah, like, they're like, are you first sure? Asked, like, oh, like, where's the closest sento? And he goes, oh, there's like a, a blocker around the corner. They're like, you know what it's a sento is, right? And I was like, yeah, like, it's like a public bath. Like, you're gonna be naked, you know that, right? And it's like, yeah, it's a bathhouse, but like they were like confused as to why we'd want to do it. it was yeah, very and I was like, whatever. Like, I want to be like a local. So we go down the alleyway. It was actually it was kind of sketchy. Yeah, because there was no lights during. Because we were like in a very um, I wouldn't say rural, but it was like it's it more of, of um, just painting the more scene. local. Painting the scene. More, the yeah. lights are flickering. Chris and I are in towels. <laughs> like I don't think we're supposed to be. <laughs> Like I probably should have like waited till we got. There. I should have waited till we got there, but that, like that's where the Florida in us was really shining through. So we get to the Cento, and again, no, no, not English friendly. But they welcomed us with open arms. Like Chris and I are sitting, like now we're like butt ass naked, like like in front of a mirror. Cause like there's this the way it goes is you have to take like a shower before you go into like this really hot bath. And I've actually, I realized this during this whole story is uh, I have sensitive skin. Didn't know that till this moment with the really hot temperatures. So I'm sitting down, I'm taking a shower and all of a sudden Chris and I are trying to get in and without trying to like make a scene, but like we kind of did, we kind of started like making all these noises. We're like, because oh, oh, you know, it was so, so hot. hot and the other women in the corner are watching us and they're just like whispering. I'm like, Kristen, should we like not bathe here anymore? I think we're making like, like I felt bad. I felt I was bad. Like, oh my God, am I ruining like everyone's experience? I just, I literally couldn't even help it because it was so damn hot. Then out of nowhere, these women start shimmying over to our corner. They start like swimming over. And all of a sudden they get a hose and they're they're getting the cold water and they're splashing us so we can get used to the hot tub. And we have this like beautiful exchange. Yeah. And they're like, at the end of the day, these women are bathing Chris and I were just sitting in the hot tub and they're bathing us. I was like, Chris, did we just get adopted? <laughs> like, this is amazing. And it was so cute. And we were there for the week. So like every time we came back, the same women were there and they started clapping. They're like, the twins are back. <laughs> Wait, what did, how did they say twin in Japan? I is forgot. It, is it Suin uh, or is that in Vietnamese? I don't remember. So a lot of people, they won't say our name and they'll call us the twins. twins so they say it in different languages but that was a really cute moment too yeah I just felt like we got to see like the older it was like pretty much I would say mostly older women because granted the bathhouses are obviously separated by gender and 
no one our age is there. It was really meant Old for women. Like, older women. So like, it was just like us and then these older women. So like every day it was just like this, like, welcome back. Like they it was were so cute. cute. It was cute. Honestly, I really love the places we've been to and the people we've met. Like yeah. really, you can't beat the stories that you get just by going out of your comfort zone and being an open mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I love that you get so invested in every place that you learn a little bit of, about the language and everything. But like, how do you choose your next destination every single time? That's, oh, like, that's tough. You know, I will say this, when it comes to certain destinations, it was like circumstantial. Like I'll say this, when it came to Japan, for example, that was my dream trip since I was in elementary school. I just, I don't know why it was one of those places that I just felt it was like a dreamland. I thought it was so cool. So different. It was so different from where we lived that I was like, this would feel so much like travel. But I knew it was expensive. So I never thought I could ever afford it, but we ended up budgeting for that trip. But for Korea, for instance, like that trip, my friend was teaching English there. So that was the that big was goal. A pull that was for a that huge year. goal for us. You know, like there's certain circumstances with us when it comes to certain trips, but yeah. I will attest again, because I'm easily influenced. Like when it comes to people and their travels, like I feel like when I go on Instagram or even TikTok nowadays, like, and there's like this place that's being shown. I'm always curious, like, where is this? And I save these kinds of places. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, like, let's check it out. So yeah. it's usually like, for me, it's like, I'm a visual creature. I think yeah. it's also goes with our jobs. We're creative. So I think for me, like if I see something on display, very visually yeah. pleasing, I'm a sucker. I'll do my research. I'm like, okay, like, where is this? What yeah. can I do? Like, how can but I honestly happen? would say though, a lot of the trips that we've been on, we're always like, kind of like moments in our life. And like, yeah, things time, that we need. like, like Shannon mentioned, like, you know, we're in Italy. So like we were studying abroad. So we got to do a lot of places in Europe. So that's why we were in Europe, you know, or like, that's why we focused on those areas like Korea our friend was studying there and you know teaching so we were there Southeast Asia was probably one of the furthest places we could go and we were like well if we're going to have so much time that makes sense to take that long of a trip you know and then this year we're going to Peru and the reason why we're doing Peru is because something that Chad and I really want to do we're turning 30 this year and as a milestone we want to do a milestone so we wanted to hike the Inca Trail so something that like again like there's always these sort of like Granted, like there's the spontaneity within the decisions sometimes, and sometimes there really are, I think, grounded by like where we are in life. And like, yeah. you know, like, you know, for Peru, like we know that we want to do this hiking thing, you know, all these like fun things. And like, you know, maybe as we get older, like I wouldn't be going, I wouldn't be finding like Ibiza my top trip because it's like very party heavy. Like it's not really my lifestyle anymore. So like, yeah. that's probably not a place I would go as often. Like, I mean, you, you never know. Maybe I'll want to go next year. But for right now, it's probably not my like top place to go. But I think it really does depend or like how I felt like we've kind uh-huh. of discovered it because it's not like, you know, next year I'm like, oh, we're going to go here. Like it really, I feel like is so organic sometimes, which is kind of beautiful. And I feel like way. in a cliche way, sometimes the place picks us unknowingly. Yeah. Like I'm a big manifester believer and like, you know, things happen for a reason. And mm-hmm. that's what I was kind of mentioning earlier, like jokingly, like, you know, I see something on Instagram, but I believe that it crossed my path for a reason, you know, where I'm like, wow, like that really intrigued me. And I like, I feel like this was like meant to be like, mm-hmm. like you and I talked about Peru for years. Like yeah, that when, when I turned 30, that, I was yeah. like, we're doing Peru specifically on our 30th. But you know, like I, I had a friend the other, you know, a few years ago, she went to, and I never considered it, but she inspired me. Now I want to go is Banff in Canada. I've never considered Canada for some reason. And I was yeah, just and we're like, so close. we're not that far. And I'm like, wow, like I should really go to Banff. <laughs> but like, there's just, you know, there's certain people and certain moments in life. I agree with you. I think there's always a pull when it comes to a certain place. And I think for a lot of people, specifically for our style of travel, 
I really think that when I, when I need a getaway from a place, I need it for my soul in some way. And when I pick a place, it's something that really intrigues a lot of my interests. Yeah. And also I think something that, um, that we like to do as well is even like the season to go. Yeah. Sometimes for me, I'm like, okay, like I really only have availability, let's say in the fall. So I'm like, what locations work best in the fall? That way, like when we go there, we're going at like a good time. Like I don't want it to be raining the entire time. So like, I think those sort of factors also kind of go into play yeah. with our decisions. like one of my dream trips which is on my bucket list is mm-hmm. I really want to go to Australia or New Zealand but did you know that they have a spider season <laughs> and it's like webs everywhere and I I'm like do. It's yeah like I found awful. out about this on TikTok and I was like you will not see me in Australia Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. that's I, what I'm saying thank you TikTok for teaching me these things but I was like imagine you pick spider season like that's literally my nightmare and yeah I, that's the thing you, you I agree with you it depends on the season the type of travel you really like your interest I mean there's a lot of factors that go into it like I'm definitely, I'm greedy for life. And I think for me, like my list is like to see the world as much as I can. Like I even say this too, actually, because this is something I feel like has been a new discovery for me is I would actually like to revisit certain places. Yeah. I think they'd be different trips now. Like, I agree. Because I feel like back in my early twenties, I was always like, I need to check off a different place. I'm never going back because I've already done it. I look back, I'm like, it'd be a different trip if I went again yeah. now. And I want to try that actually. Yeah, because like, I feel like now that like, because we got to study abroad in uh, Europe and be in Italy for so long, like we got to do all this sort of touristy things that we talked about. Like if I were to go back, it would be so much more relaxed. I'd probably see way more local things that I probably didn't even get to see when we were first there. Like it would be a completely different trip, which is almost just as beautiful to do that. You know what I mean? I think being yeah. able to go to a place more than once really kind of opens your mind of like the other possibilities that you unfortunately missed the first time around yeah um I I love the going kind of like local tip but what are like some tips for people who also want to travel the world that you have like other tips of like what would you say like like generally like if someone wants to travel the world and then start and what tips would you give them I think just thinking about like the time when we, because I think the biggest trip for us, obviously we mentioned this was like pack, backpacking Southeast Asia. So I think before you do a big trip like that, or like, you know, something that's really extended or long, like you don't definitely do your research on the type of place you want to be. Like, I think for me, like when it comes to like travel and for me, I should say anyway, mm-hmm. I'm definitely, if it's, it's an extended period of time, are you going to be working and traveling at the same time? I mean, this is kind of boring advice, but it's pretty realistic check out the visas, make sure that you can work like and how long those visas last when it comes to currency, like check those things out. Like there's a lot of different, I'll say this, there's a lot of great resources online, like a kind of personal checklist of things to be like, you need to make sure to prepare. Like, don't get me wrong. You want to see the sites, but you also want to make sure your safety is insured. Like I think as women specifically, we need to make sure that we're in safe environments, make sure that Wi-Fi is strong. You need to make sure your location is shared when it comes to like wherever you are, like you need to like download certain apps. Like uh, I would hundred percent download like WhatsApp, mm-hmm. um, things like, you know, hostel world. Like if you're doing the hostel route, but if you're not, are you doing like a, fi- a family? Is it one of those uh, family share things where you can like share a house with a, what is it I called? I have no idea. Sure. <laughs> well, there's, a, there's something like that too. I apologize for the, not the exact term, but it's like a description of it anyway. Yeah. But there's and so many different things that you need to yeah. like check off that, like not sadly, but those are like the realistic things yeah. I definitely want to like remind people of because 
granted I know influencers like glamorize the shit out of travel and it is glamorous it can be but mm-hmm. I think the thing that really reassures you to have a great trip is to make sure your safety is insured by having these little things checked off like the visa yeah. making sure that you can work remotely if you yeah. do want to do that or if you don't want to work remotely there's some great opportunities that you can mm-hmm. travel and work at the same time which is really cool it's like you can work at hostels you can work at farms like I mentioned earlier with Australia we had one guest who worked she was so cool she's from London and before she did the career she's doing now she worked on banana farms and like that's a thing in Australia where you can work in banana farms vineyards like Mm -hmm. but it's a seasonal thing like you can do travel jobs that are seasonal and like move Mm -hmm. around so you can have room and board at the same time which is really cool for I also think just to like uh nod on to yours as well is like what you want to prioritize like it depends on the travel like I feel like you focus more on like jobs but I think that a lot of people tend to like you know want to do it for play and things like that so I think the first thing that people should think about like when they're traveling is what do I want to prioritize do I do I have enough money to be like being bougie about it you know what I mean like you know I think something that Shannon and I do like because I would consider our travel style way more budget friendly like I wouldn't say we're very bougie like we do more of the hostel route for the for the most part and we like to save money that way but we also like to save money on like kind of budgeting on like the types of food that I plan to eat like do am I going to go out to eat like this like am I is it going to be like snacking like things like that I think is also important like how you're going to budget a trip the time of the year that you're going I think is like also like a huge part of like how you're going to travel um also the what you're going to wear things like that I think that's like that I know so it's underrated. so underrated it's so underrated it's so underrated that people don't like realize but it's like the way that you pack for things are so damn important like sometimes people overpack for something so silly like Shannon and I are huge on like kind of being like minimalist packers but at the same time fashionable because we like that we do and we but are. I will say though something that can give you great inspo on like you know how to not overpack is the keyword capsule wardrobe just look at that on Pinterest and you're going to get some great outfits. Like all you need is a few staples and you can make like, as here's actually our rule of thumb of how we know we packed, right? Because granted we're two people. So this is definitely, maybe this is for some more individual. If you can make three to four outfits out of like one item, pack it. If it's only one outfit, it's not worth it. Like mm-hmm. you have to make sure it's versatile. Like that's like a personal checklist Chris and I do when yeah. we pack. Like I love people, it. That's yeah. great. <laughs> helps you out because it's just like should I pack this it's like it's like I'm wearing these shoes once no no you can find something else to wear you know what I mean like the only time I make an exception for that is let's say you're having a night out in town and you really want to wear that one nice dress do it I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stop you on that when it comes to the everyday stuff like I, I I try to make four outfits every time and you will notice if you like follow us on our travels like you might not notice that I've worn that top like four times because I style it really differently. Like that's something mm-hmm. that I think is an art that is, <laughs> people don't acknowledge, but yeah. it's something so important to make sure that like you can have room for the souvenirs that you kind of want to get or other yeah. things. Like you don't want to overpack and also carry that around for a long period of mm-hmm. time. Like it's not worth it. Like I will say this, like tooting my own horn right now is when we backpack Southeast Asia, I had one backpack. And, and when we, when we, um, motorbiked uh, up Vietnam, every single person was like, wait, how long have you been here? And you only have one bag. It was more than enough. Mm-hmm. Like our rule of thumb, it totally worked out that way. Yeah, it was, perfect. That's, um, but actually on a whole other level of OCD-ness. Okay. I actually have a, um, a closet app on my phone. So my whole closet is on my app. And that's how I make outfits. So for me, it's like when I plan it's a for a nice trip, visual way to it's understand. the great visual way. But here's the thing. I think for me, the most daunting part is 
ripping out your closet and trying to figure out what goes with what, because it's overwhelming when you have it on like the luxury on your phone, like you can sit in bed, watch a show and then make outfits. And like for the next month, you're just like, okay, like, I'm making an outfit for my trip. And like, yeah. you don't have to ruin your closet or your room. It is like my favorite thing. It's called your closet. And I have an iPhone on the Android It is free. So if you're an Android user, it's a free app. And I used to be free because I used to have an Android. But on the iPhone, it's a one purchase. It's like $5. But for me, it's only a one time. It's not a monthly subscription. And that just, you pay five bucks and it is so worth it. If you travel a lot, a lot, like, or, you know, if you do fun trips and stuff like that, I think it's a great way. And I actually even use it when I commuted into the city for like, again, what am I wearing tomorrow for work? <laughs> In my bed, <laughs> we're commuting. I would make an outfit. But that's something we, that's like a little tip. I don't yeah. know. If it's totally I, I found that like being able to pack and things like that was always like a weirdly, you know, it's, it's not as glamorous to discuss, but I know it's something that like, we have a lot of thought when we're like going on longer trips. I think yeah. it's like really important to think about the things that you're packing, the weather that you're going to anticipate. And even the things like, let's say, you know, like granted, like for Shannon and I, when we were in Southeast Asia, we were, we started from the South to the North, but as we get North, it was going to be their colder rainy season, but we knew, okay, like, I don't want to carry a large jacket with us. Cause that's going to be a lot of like, you know, space in this backpack. So we knew we had to buy a jacket when we got there. So there are things that like, if you're going to be there longer, like there might be some things you can kind of get away with not getting and knowing you should get when, when you are there. So that's kind of important to kind of think about like the pros and cons of what you want to be carrying the entire time, what you can buy there, I think is always kind of like a nice sort of understanding before you take that sort of leap into a larger um, trip. Yeah. So I was a lot to throw at you. I know. But... I was like, I'm about to just drop some facts. <laughs> I hope you all listening wrote that down. <laughs> No, but honestly, like are great tips because people are like, okay, I want to do this, but I have no idea even like how to start. And uh, I think that one thing that you mentioned that is like huge as well, that you travel on a budget. So how do you budget? Because this is like, I think yeah, is the no, biggest yeah. one because you can actually, I know that you can actually travel and save up some money in experiences or places that you stay staying in good places but saving up but um, it's like how to do it what resources do you use and everything yeah I think when it comes to budgeting before the trip I'll talk about both budgeting you know before and during so I think that's something really really important so mm -hmm. budgeting before I would say this again this is so technical this isn't like fun travel stories but this is real okay this, this is real, real this is authentic this is authentic whatever your income is. Okay. Write it down on a spreadsheet. Okay. Think about your expenses, write those expenses down. Like, you know, every week, how much you spend on groceries. Maybe you do a coffee run, like write, write for a whole week, write what expenses that are like pretty um, routine for you. How much money do you have left over for savings? Okay. For fun, for fun money take that fun money because I still want people to live their lives. I think that's what's really important. Like, I'm not trying to tell you to say no to everything to travel because I don't think that's the way to live either. Like as much as I want people to travel, I think you need to have a good balance with things. Budget in a way where use that fun money and always take a little bit aside. If you can't have that coffee every week, make it at home. You know, like there's always ways to like change it up a little bit or like, you know, make it work a little bit better. Um, there's so many ways to actually make passive income. If you like, let's say you're looking at your budget, you're like, I really cannot afford, you know, travel and, you know, my fun stuff. What can I do? You can do 
online surveys. You can do so much stuff that's like 20 minutes and it's like, all right, 10 bucks in my pocket. Like that's a Starbucks well, in America, <laughs> which is ridiculous. <laughs> but you know, it's one of those things where I feel like you have to just be really conscious of like how much you are spending. Mm-hmm. Like that is like really what budgeting is all about, to be totally honest. Um, for me, like when Chris and I, when we know we're doing a trip, we make sure we don't eat out as much. We really don't, we don't really make that much coffee anyway. So like, you know what, we can take that out. There's certain expenses I will say no to. And then obviously I treat myself here and there, but I am really self-conscious of how much I'm making and how much I'm earning. So that's something that people have to do. During the trip, however, Kristen kind of alluded to it earlier was we do the hostel route. Mm-hmm. When it comes to hostels or even hotels, this doesn't really include Airbnbs for people. So like yeah. this might be something different, but I'm just talking about my experience. I never eat breakfast. I have the breakfast they give me. Even if it's just toast and whatever, that's my breakfast. You know, like it is what it is. So it's like, well, that's that's free. That's free. That's included. Mm -hmm. So that's something that you don't need to spend money on is, you know, the breakfast. When it comes to lunch for Chris and I, we're, here's the thing. I know my personality. I'm a snacker. I'm not a really big meal person, but when I'm in a place, obviously there's certain dishes I want to try. Usually that's dinner time for me. So for lunch, Chris and I graze like we'll go to a 7-Eleven or we go to like a local shop and we'll bring a few snacks and some water and I'm not saying to starve yourself that's not the encouragement I'm saying I think is like I think for for a great example like when we were in Japan Japan we knew was going to be probably one of our most expensive trips because Japan a lot of the things are imported because it's like an island pretty much so like we knew that if we were going to budget it we had to like Shannon said hostels and then mornings were the breakfast that that was given to us and then granted their 7-Elevens are like amazing. I great. will say that it's almost unfair, but there we would have like pretty much like, I would say like, you could either like, we'd be like grabbing a sandwich or something that we knew could sustain ourselves for like the rest of the day. It's, it's like not sandwich. like a sit down meal. Yeah. It's not, that's what I mean. I'm sorry. I'm not saying get yourself one pretzel. I'm saying like <laughs> get yourself a sandwich. It's like $5. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for us anyway, like it's not that expensive. It's, I mean, it's not as expensive as sitting down, sitting down a in meal. a meal and then you have to tip and other things. So like, we always tried to know Grab that, okay, like we had like the one main meal in the sense of the day where like it would be the dinner or the lunch where we're like, okay, we want to go to this restaurant. We'll make that our most quote unquote expense of the day for, for meals. So I think meals are usually probably one of the most expensive things you're going to be spending when you do travel for the most part, depending where on you go, on the excursions, you depending on the excursions and things that you want to do. Cause rented with Shannon and I, when we, we knew like beforehand, a lot of the times if we're doing excursions, they were already kind of pre paid for the most part like when you were when we were They're doing not that. during it but not during it but a great tip though to let's say you want to do an excursion somewhere my favorite go-to is um um what's the something with a v mm. oh no i wanted to say vacasa but that's not it or viacom but that's not it uh <laughs> it's something with a v and i'm going to get back to you on that tab but there is a really good budget-friendly excursion place and here's the thing obviously that's like a quick google search for anybody to be totally honest but I would say what's really great is if you see an excursion, this actually happened, this is actually a great travel tip for any kind of um, group travel um, company that you go through. If you find these same excursions somewhere else cheaper, you can bargain that with the company. You could be like, hey, I saw this excursion for this amount. Can it be this instead? And nine out of 10 times, they will say yes. So if you want something that's a bit more reliable, since this might be cheaper, but doesn't have a lot of reviews, so you don't know if it's safe, go to the one that is a little more bit safer, reputable, maybe. more reputable and chit chat with them. So no matter if whatever the company I'm talking about would it be, <laughs> you could, there's probably other ones that are much better. 
Um, but you know, that's something to definitely consider with when it comes to budget friendly stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and like we mentioned earlier, we do hostels, but believe it or not, if you're not comfortable sharing a room with strangers, even the individual rooms are cheaper than a hotel room or an Airbnb. Most of the part. Most I would say always time. do the research always because yes. you just never know. But from based off of when anytime we've traveled, it's always been cheaper getting our own either if we do solo rooms or things like that, they're always cheaper than um, a hotel. And I like a hostel because you meet so many. If you're yeah. single or if you're looking to meet people, hostels are always the choice to go because everyone's in the same mentality of trying to meet someone. So mm -hmm. that's really budget friendly, but also the bonus of you're always going to meet someone mm -hmm. like. I have probably my favorite stories through hostels. <laughs> yeah. And also like, I think we you even mentioned it earlier about like, there are some travel styles or let's say if you're going for a really longer time and you want to like make money and things like that. Like Shan said, Australia had like banana farms. You could work on farms. You can work at hostels. Um, that's all like, budget stuff. And these are all budget things. You could be a house sitter. Like there's a lot of um, things in different countries that they actually offer a lot of like sort of abroad work programs. Again, I would totally advise looking at visas and things that, you know, they might have to go hand in hand that goes with a little bit of extra research. But those are ways that if you want to stay somewhere longer, but making money on like as you continuously travel is something that you can do anywhere, really. Like it, it really depends on the country. So it's hard for me to like pinpoint like this is the best one. So it's kind of hard to kind of give that sort of feedback right now. I just know these through conversations I've had yeah. with a lot of people. Like yeah. when we've traveled, it's been play. <laughs> it's been a lot of play, no work. Yeah. We haven't We haven't really, I would say we, our travel style has not been like we've like worked in a banana farm. You know, like that really, like we usually go like knowing like we have a budget, we're going to have fun for this amount of time and this is how we're going to do it. So, But we've met a lot of people who do it. So yeah. I encourage it if you can do it or you're thinking about it, it is possible. I oh, want to yeah. make sure that's clear too. Mm -hmm. And this is the end of part one. I really hope that you enjoyed it. Thanks so much for tuning in. And as for this week's recommendation, I asked them to give another recommendation, which they gave me. It's the book Book Lovers. And I will post all about it and the Instagram, the podcast Instagram, so you can check it out. I haven't read that yet, but it's definitely on my reading list. But yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope to see you back here next week for part two. Bye, everyone.